Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, this most recent blizzard has done a number on a lot of people's uh, spirits and souls and morale across the great state. But it also can do a number on your windows. And you can make you realize, my goodness, our windows are not up to par right now. I'm feeling the shiveries inside my house. And if that's the case, you know what time it is. It's time to talk to your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert about taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy and stay warm with windows from Pella that are properly installed, the patented Pella way, by professionals using window and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from Energy Star. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com, PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Runza. You realize you only got one more month to take advantage of Temperature Tuesdays at Runza. Every Tuesday in January and February, the temperature at 6 a.m. in Runzaland is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you purchase a medium fry and a medium drink. So I'm looking at the calendar right now. One, two, three, four. Four more Tuesdays to go. So you better get out to Runza, take advantage of Temperature Tuesdays, and while you're there, tell them Nick Baugh sent you. All right, uh, man, there's just there's so much... Husker football news uh, that Bo Rude and I, we had to, uh, I'm going to let you behind the curtain a little bit here. We, we had to knock out two podcasts the other day. Uh, you know, we taped, a, we, we did, we podcasted for like two and a half hours. Um, we, we taped a podcast reacting to the, the Luke McCaffrey transfer news. And uh, that podcast is up on the Nick Bob podcast feed. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you go uh, check that out. Tons of good stuff in there. But we, uh, we also recorded a podcast hitting on a bunch of other things with Nebraska football, most notably Scott Frost sat down with the Lincoln Journal star and the Omaha World Herald for about an hour, uh, about a week ago or so, and he had a bunch of interesting quotes. Uh, most notably, there's no plans for staff changes, uh, which means there's no plans for a full-time special teams coach, uh, so they're going to hire a, a new analyst for that role. Also, the the very interesting nugget coming out of this that, uh, that Scott Frost was splitting play-calling duties with Matt Lubick. Uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting stuff. So Bo and I uh, kind of combed through all the juiciest quotes from Scott Frost in his media session. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this, especially uh, especially the special teams discussion. It was, it was uh, we, we take a deep dive on that because certainly that's been a hot button issue. Oh, you got to hire a special teams coach. You got to hire a special teams coach. Uh, so there's a lot to, uh, you know, assess and digest with the special teams discussion. So I think this was really good, man. Let's get to it. Yours truly. And Bo Rude, former Husker linebacker, uh, reacting to some of Scott Frost's offseason quotes and more. Enjoy. All right, uh, because, uh, you know, the news never never slows down, never, never, never stops for Nebraska football. Uh, not, you know, not only obviously was the Luke McCaffrey thing a big deal, but Bo Rude. I mean, Scott Frost. Scott Frost had a lot of juicy quotes. Have you been absorbing all the juicy quotes from Frost over the last like week or so, two weeks? I've I've absorbed a couple of those juicers. I don't necessarily have a lot of the uh, the the quotes themselves, but I have kind of like a lot of the big picture stuff that that he touched on. And I wanted to I wanted to sit down with you and and kind of go through the stuff because Frost had a. He had a sit down with the Lincoln Journal Star and the Omaha World Herald uh, last week, and there was a there was a bunch of different things that stood out, and we'll kind of go bit by bit. It of we're not going to go through everything, but uh, kind of the the big notable ones, and and kind of I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. The the first one, Bo, I wrote down was, I think one of the big questions was, okay, what's going to happen with this coaching staff? Like, or you know, is there going to be some changes, some reshuffling? Are there going to be some firings, some new hires, or whatever? Well, as of right now, Scott Frost plans to bring his entire staff back, all ten assistants. So I think most the the big thing that people looked at was okay. There's not going to be a full time special teams coach because that was kind of um, heavy on people's brains, given the fact that special teams has been horrendous for the past couple of years. He is parting ways though with the special teams analyst uh, 
Coach Rutledge. They're going to hire a new analyst. But I guess what do we think of Scott Frost keeping the staff completely intact and the fact that there's not going to be a full-time special teams coach? Um, what do I think about keeping – I think that's the right move. I mean, if you look at the team, like defense made the, the most improvements. Um, I mean, offensively, I think everybody, you know, they look around and go running back and wide receiver. It's, it's more of a talent issue. Uh, doesn't seem like guys are under, you know, uh, under achieving, you know, with great talent or something like that. So I, I think that made sense. Um, it, it is basically though, you know, the special teams, uh, by the end of the year, you know, we saw some, some, some shortcomings and, um, that's an area that, you know, they got to get right. And no I think that's, it's pretty clear when you hire a guy and one year later he's out, that the fit was not right. Well, okay. Um, I think from the broad sense, first of all, and uh, I, I don't like, I'm fine with keeping the staff completely intact. I'm not, you know, you get some people, I don't like change for the sake of change or change for the sake of appeasing the message board group of people out there that just want to see that their solution to everything is to fire and, you know, fire and put heads on stakes and you know that that I don't so I'm I'm fine with with no changes and also like what realistic change was out there Bo like what you're not going to fire well, they, anybody on they the, made changes last yeah. year though. I mean here's the thing is you had big changes I mean Lubbock is O coordinator you got you know two Yodi and uh and Dawson, Dawson now in for D-line yeah. and and outside linebackers like to me that's like those have been the big changes so like the coaching staff changes have happened and you know at this point to me it's like kind of they are what they are I mean I, I don't know what else you could really do at this point yeah because well like you said I mean because you, you're not there were no changes I don't know what change was really there on defense there is none especially that side of the ball took a massive step forward. And guess what? I think the, one of the reasons why they did is because they finally kind of like they've had a core group together for a while, and you kind of see what that what kind of dividends that ends up paying off for you. I mean, I would say maybe on the offensive side of the ball, I've heard some people say, well, you know, you could, you know, maybe you could part ways with Mario Verdusco or maybe Ryan Held, those running backs have underperformed. I don't know. I mean, we've talked – I think Held is a pretty impactful recruiter for this team. And, yeah. I mean, you do need a quarterback's coach – you know, Lubick is already the wide receivers coach and or coordinator. So, like, would Frost have to be the head coach and quarterbacks coach? Like, I don't, I, you know, so I don't know. I, I think some people needed to realize that, you know, you only have 10 assistants. Like, you can't, you know, you can't just add an assistant coach, right? Like, so for you to make someone this full-time, hire someone to be the full-time special teams coach, someone had to go. And I just don't know if there was a realistic candidate for, for someone to get let go. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd that you know it's like they they don't want to give up a position coach to be a part time special team part time um, you know like you know position coach yes, whatever right, whether right. it's running backs or, or special teams or something or like that. you know outside backers you know I think as Dewitt was outside backers before I've seen a lot of times tight end coaches or special teams coaches but like you know like. So, so they're kind of in this weird spot where you have this analyst who is kind of a, you know, he's a coach, but not, and it, I don't know. It, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird place. I almost, um, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about the analyst. I Tell just me, don't know did you have any analysts? how that works. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you get, did you have any analysts when you were at Nebraska? I feel like there's a new thing. No, our tight end coach. Uh, was the special teams coach um, when I was there? So that that's how that's how we did it. And basically, um, they broke it up actually too. Where he, there was like the running back coach, the uh, an outside linebacker coach. You know, they took one or the other. So like special teams coach basically did the whole thing, but then you know took punt team and something else. Outside backer coach did kickoff team. Um, running backs coach did punt return team with you know, so it's like it's kind of like they 
they all take a piece, but somebody over, you know, is responsible for it all. But it's just tough because you know what? Like, Nick, I get the sense that our current staff, nobody feels confident, like, in their special teams, like, coordinator like as, as a special teams coordinator and to take that and so on. that's kind of a, a a tricky situation yeah i don't because i wish i wish someone would explain to me exactly what the day-to-day involvement of an analyst looks like with the players you know like because the way i understand is they can do everything but actually be on the practice field is that kind of how you understand I think, it i think to a degree yeah i mean i there's there's some limiting factor, so then the coaches have to kind of take it from there. But I think you know, in terms of game plan and um, preparation, the analyst is the guy. Um, it's just I think there's a limiting factor on the field. So it's yeah, it's odd. Like I said, it, it's a way of trying to get the most out of each position and uh, each position coach, and not have to you know right. do double duty think yeah i i, I don't know i it's, I, I mean kind of odd yeah because I, well, like you know it's funny i i got a this was like a couple weeks ago let me pull this up i got an email from brandon brandon says he says nick and Bo, love the pods i got a question though can hold on i lost it there uh do the players sense that special teams isn't as important when there isn't one of the full-time assistants who's on the field, especially on game days, and instead it's an analyst. Curious to get your thoughts in particular, Bose. What Does that make sense? Like, that's a decent question. Do you think the players, like, in some ways, because I've heard some, I've even heard this on Sports Talk Radio, but like, it's more about the messaging of, like, this is important. And when you're making it an analyst, the, the players kind of just dismiss that. I think that's kind of what Brandon is getting to, to like, I guess can you make I'll I'll ask the, like can you make special teams a priority without having one of the ten full time assistants be in charge of it all? I mean I think the real question is can you convince kids that special teams is worth doing? <laughs> I mean Nick, I, I think that's a battle that's been going on for a long time. Is uh, I think special teams is such an afterthought to most football players um and there's no that's a good question because i think it's it's accurate like what what does it say when when you know i don't know man i don't know that it really changes anybody's minds um i i think it's just hard to get kids excited about playing special teams yeah that that's I'll tell you what, if you can if you can do that as a coach, you're doing a really really good job because it is. It's sort of like it's grunt work. You get no credit for anything uh, other than you know from from the few people that actually see what you're doing. All you can do is look bad if you give up a kick return or a punt return or get a kick blocked or something. You know, right, it's usually so a, it's it, it's not a lot of glory to no, it. No, so the- it's in this day and age, it's hard to get kids excited about special. Right, you know, I mean, because that's the nature of sports is you want to do things where you get you are either out there for a long time on the field, which special teams isn't. You know, I mean, it's like a one play here and there, or it's it's you can you can be the man and be in the limelight with if you make if you perform something at a high level. Well, usually the reality of special teams is most of the time. It's not a if you do something well, it's not really glorified, but if you do something terrible, you're crucified. So it's a weird yeah. it's kind of you know what I mean? Like the risk reward of of being on special teams is is kind of out of whack. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, because there's some people that have have, have said, well, Scott Frost hasn't made special teams our priority. He hasn't made special teams our priority. You can tell it's it's and and what's happened and how it's kind of played out on, on the on on Saturdays. Do you agree with that? Like, do you feel like he hasn't made it a priority, or does it go back to what we just said of like, it it's can you get? But I mean, maybe that's a part of it. Is like Scott Frost has to find a way. Like, you got to find a way to get these guys excited about special teams. You just do. Yeah, I mean, in the end, that's that's his job as head coach. Like, you know, special teams. A lot of it is like one. It is a lot of want to. Like, you got to have. 
like a lot of times the guys that are good in special teams aren't always the guys that are good on every down football. Like I know for me, it was like, I, I, I tried hard, but I wasn't naturally as good at special teams as I was every downs football. So it's, it's, it's a unique thing where you can get some different, you know, different breed of guys out there that are just, you know, kind of the, 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 the nut, the whack jobs that right. just, you know, they right. love to run down and smack people. Like that's, that's a, a place to, to find more of those guys. But I don't know. I, I think that I don't have a good answer on if, if Scott has Scott Frost put enough emphasis on it. I don't know that. Um, what I do know is that our team looks like we don't have a lot of great special team players right now. And I think our kicking game, like when you get good punters and kickers, it changes everything. You know, like we, we found a kicker changed everything on our offense, uh, you know, for our offense yeah. and our kicking game, but kicking the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs and long punts. That's the next step to really help, help these special teams. Because as soon as you start doing that, uh, it takes a lot of the margin for error out of it for these other guys. You know, if yes. those one guys are really good, everybody else doesn't have to be great. They just have to be not terrible. <laughs> <In a sense. laughs> I, you know, I, the one thing I was thinking about of like, okay, I was because sometimes I I try to put myself in Scott Frost's shoes and be like, okay, well, how would I do this? Like, if I'm all of a sudden Nick Bob Rude, we're like, like Scott says, what do you guys think? Like, I think the greatest sometimes the greatest teacher in sports is failing. Like, few things motivate change in your approach or what you deem important in your day to day habits, like failing and losing. Sometimes you got to fail for you to wake up and be like, this is important, right? Like, I'm sure you had certain things like that. I don't know. I did in basketball at times. Like, you dismiss a little thing like, ah, we're, you know, this, this defensive drill doesn't matter. And it's like, all of a sudden it shows up in a game and it's like, you see it, that that fucking cost us the game. You go, well, shit, we got to start locking in on that. I think it's, it's, Frost to me has, it's put on a platter for him to show the team, like, guys, Look at this special team's results and look at our record. Like, that shouldn't be that hard of a picture to paint to the players. So I think rather than getting them excited about special teams, you need to convince them that that this is about winning. Like, because I think yeah. we both agree that, like, if special teams was just a little bit better, not saying it's got to be outstanding, if special teams just wasn't atrocious – they might have won like one or two or three more games the past two years, and maybe everything is a little bit different. So I think that's more of the the task at hand for Frost is somehow convincing, hey, not to get excited about being a gunner on special teams, but convincing them in like, this shit matters. Like if we want yeah. to win, this matters. Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, even that even might – I always remembered when – when I played that when it was time to emphasize special teams, they put more star starters out there. So like punt team was like, we were never giving up a block punt. That became the emphasis. So it was all starters. It was all like, you know, your best players out there. Like, and I remember, you know, it was like Stu Bradley and Jay Moore and right. uh, you know, a few of us, we were all out there together on punt team going like, Man, punt team sucks, doesn't it? Well, we got to do it though. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Yeah. So uh, I think when I, I get the hint from from Husker fans when they start talking about does Frost need to emphasize it? Like I, I my mind goes right to Frank Beamer and Virginia Tech Beamer Ball, as yep. they used to call it, where that you know he was the head coach. He didn't call any plays. He didn't do offense or defense. He was the head coach. He managed the game, and he was the special teams, you know, nut. He was demanding. So he worked with special teams, like, almost personally. And there may have been a special teams coordinator, but Beamer was, like, that's what he wanted. It was defense, special teams, ball control, yada, 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 right? That's right. how they had success. I think a lot of Nebraska fans kind of want that. I agree. But right now, Scott Frost. I don't think Scott wants to do that. I don't either. And so, 
that's where I think when I see questions like that, I'm on, I just want to go. So you're saying you want Beamer ball, which is fine. I like Beamer ball, but I'm a defensive guy, but we got an offensive coach here, you know? Right. But I think, I think with sometimes the solution though, is staring you in the face, even if you don't admit it. And I feel like if Frost is serious about special teams and needing it to change, nothing will get the attention of your players faster than the head coach being intimately involved with something. I don't know if you have any examples of that with Callahan or Solich or in the pros, but like when a, when a coach gets really involved in something, I'm not saying Frost has to become like the full-time special teams coordinator, but I think one of the quickest ways for the team to value it is if Frost, like he needs to rethink, and I don't know, I mean, hell, I don't freaking know what he does day to day, but maybe he needs to rethink like, I, when during special teams work and special teams meetings, like he needs to maybe be more involved. Well, Nick, I think, I think what you said is spot on. If it matters to Scott Frost, it will matter to the team. A thousand. And so that's what we don't know is how much does it matter? How much is he emphasizing it? Because in the end, that's his responsibility. He's got to emphasize what's important. If it's not important to him, it won't be important to the team. Period. Like that. So I, I think this is, whether this is, I think some people have looked at this and thought like it has to be hiring someone. It's like, well, I think some of it is, I think a lot of this goes back to Frost. And I'm not saying he has to become, make an announcement and been like, I am now going to be the special teams coordinator. But he needs to show his team what I said a second ago of like, guys, this impacts winning and losing and, and, you know, build a compelling, make a meeting where you're building a, a, an undeniable case of where those dots can connect. And then if he values it, they will value it because you know how it is. Like I, I've, I've been there where it's like, you're doing a drill and Bill self's down at the other end of the, of the court, right? You're, you're going hard. But what happens when Bill Self comes down and now he's watching the drill and involved in the drill? Let's take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime pals and loyal supporters of the podcast, Pella Windows and Doors. You know, Pella has a window type for every home and every budget. And you might know Pella for its award-winning wood windows, but did you know that Pella also has a complete line of industry-leading patented fiberglass and vinyl windows? Pella's fiberglass windows use a patented Duracast material, more durable than aluminum or vinyl made from a composite material used in the aerospace industry for its strength, durability, and temperature resistance. It's big time right there. And Pella's vinyl window series offer all the features that make it one of the most energy-efficient windows on the market with the same value and style you've come to expect from all Pella products with outstanding structural integrity. Built from multi-chambered, fully welded frames and sashes, Pella's vinyl windows assure a quieter, more comfortable home. Bottom line, Pella's vinyl and fiberglass windows are really, really cool. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And while we're here, let's talk about my good friends at Runza. Got another super secret menu item not a lot of people know about. My friends at Runza are hooking me up, and I'm going to let you in on it. This one's just, uh, you know, this one's near and dear to my heart because it's a twist on the best fries on earth. Runza's Crinkle Fries. It's Runza's Chili Cheese Fries. That's some legendary Runza Crinkle Fries topped with their homemade chili and cheddar cheese sauce. Let me say that again in case some of you passed out just thinking about it. Legendary Runza Crinkle Fries. Homemade chili, cheddar cheese sauce. Oh, my goodness. It's a side that eats like a meal. So there you go. Another super secret menu item exclusively for Nick Bob Podcast listeners. So stop in, order the chili cheese fries at Runza, and while you're there, I'll tell them Nick Bob sent you. Okay, back to the podcast. It's, you you go you crank it up, you crank it up, right? He he's the decision maker. He's the final say with everything. So when he ran a drill, like I. I I always would know, like, when I walked into my individual workouts in the offseason, and most of the time it'd be an assistant, but the few times I'd walk in and it was Coach Self standing in the gym, I knew, like, and, and this has come from so I felt like I was a hard worker, but, like, when it's the man, when it's the guy, the head coach, you're, you're going, a, like, everything's up another few notches, right? Like, yeah. it just is. Your focus, your energy, your effort, everything goes up a few notches. And 
I, I think the solution is also in that. Like, Frost just being around whenever special teams is being worked on and talked about, I think will inherently force everybody to ratchet it up. And if, and and maybe there, there there's something there with it, too. Yeah, I, I think, like I say, it's, I think he is around it. I think he may have to be more demanding. Yeah. Like, he has to demand more from his coaches, from his players, uh, and he can't accept anything but um, a certain standard that he says, this is what it is, and we're not going to slip down to what we've been, right? Right. Um, and that's that's everything. It's, you know, you got to you gotta get – we got to get guys in here that are athletic enough uh, and that are willing to play hard and play disciplined. Like, you know, we've had – I've seen too many – too many of these kickoff teams where I, I look around and I go, man, like uh, I'm not scared of any of these guys. Like right. these guys are too blockable, right? We've right. got donkeys. We used to call them donkeys. Like <laughs> when you got donkeys, guys that can't run and can't get off blocks, those are donkeys. Right. Like, we can't have donkeys out there. We got to have players. Right. Um, you- and so that that's the fine line of, you know, demanding and also, you know, less donkeys. Right. And and you know because sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it is tempting to utilize special teams to reward the the and I feel like we're being really mean here to reward the donkeys. You know what I mean? Like that Nick, can be I've been, tempting. I want to say something. I've been called a donkey before, so this is from a guy that was half considered a donkey at times. But so. you know what I'm saying? Like I think I think Frost has to resist that temptation a little bit, if that makes sense. Like. Yeah resist that temptation to be like you still need yeah in a perfect world it's nice to go put you know a bunch of you know rudy's out there not talking about you know rudy i'm talking about rudy the movie rudy rudiger like it's tempting to put 11 rudy's out there but the reality is 11 rudy's out on the kickoff team is getting house called you know what i mean no i i I, here's the one i remember is 2001 uh 2001 miami nebraska rose bowl their kickoff team, when I saw them run, me and my dad looked at each other and said, it's going to be a long game. Like, opening <laughs> kickoff. Done. I was like, it's going to be a long game. I knew it. Like, there wasn't a donkey in, in the Rose Bowl Stadium. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and so, there's just a – by the way, I wrote, did you – because you obviously were on – I mean, you hurt your ankle on kickoff team at, at, at New England. Um, yep. Were you – I mean – did you notice any? Do you have any anecdotes, or do you remember anything specific with how Belichick and New England handled special teams? Just out of, if you don't, it's fine. But I just was curious. If- yeah, I'll tell you a story. My first, my first day uh, on punt team, I went against. Remember Heath Evans? Yeah. Well, I was wearing a loose, like a big baggy jersey. Uh, first day on punt team, he was punt return, and when I say he <laughs> hockey pulled my jersey over my head. And, and held me down for five minutes, and that was considered legal in practice. That was my first day of practice with New England special teams in full pads. And I was like, how about a flag? Uh, anybody? And, but it was it, – Nick, it was like a wrestling match. I mean, it was so uh, competitive. The guys, they were out there, and they were so good. They were so good at what they did. I was – I was the donkey that day. Well, right. Because right. when guys are good, Nick, when guys are good at special teams, it's very impressive. And I didn't know that in, in college, it was easy. You just, you know, it, you didn't even have to really do anything other than show up. But uh, yeah, in the pros, different those deal. guys are, hey, they're, they're paid to do that stuff and they are good. Well, and your boy, I mean, Slater, the guy you came in with, I mean, Slater kind of made his mark on special teams in New England. Yeah, Slater found a role just being smart, tough, you know, and, you know, a guy that just put everything he had into being good at being a gunner, a, you know, uh, a punt return gunner protector, and right. then not even a kickoff return, the kickoff, like, lead blocker guy. Like, he, he was supposed to return kicks, wasn't even good enough to do that, but he found a career just, you know, helping out where he could you just gotta you gotta find guys like that like guys that you can count on well i mean it'll be interesting it'll be interesting interesting to see what you know 
how things change or if we hear any anecdotes of, of how things have evolved. I mean, who they I mean, they're gonna hire someone in this special teams analyst spot, but I'm I'm I don't think the I mean, I'm not saying that that person can't make an impact. I mean, they obviously can, but I I think a lot of the impact comes back to to Frost and then at some point, you know, like like Slater made a decision, I'm gonna like I'm I'm busting my ass on special teams. Like at some point it's always it's always an interesting conversation. It's like where where does where does some player accountability and all this stuff matter too? You know what I mean? Like we always yeah. want to blame the coaches for all this stuff. Like at what point does I mean obviously the coaches are coaching a certain way and at some point the players have to also make this important and they have to, you know, they have to go out there and and get it done too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like I said my my point with that too is like when I, when I mentioned like the kickers, like if you're, if you're, if your kickoff guy can kick it out of the end zone, like you don't have to cover, you don't have to worry about that. You know, like the things that the players can help you out with, uh, I think is, is important too. just. And so that's something to keep in mind. It's like, yeah, you can be the greatest coach in the world, but like when your kicker can't kick it out of the end zone or your punter shanks it a couple of times, or, you know, or, or with those punters, sometimes they're slow, to just get the ball off. I saw we got one block this year because of that. Like it's on the punter. Like he's too slow and then he kicks it into somebody's back or, you know, it's like, those are the things that you just, if you got people that are diligent, uh, they can save you a lot of headaches. No question about it. Um, by the way, they are, uh, and we don't have to get, I mean, if you have any thoughts on this, we can go into it, but if not, like, do you see their, they're reassigning Ron Brown to a different role. Uh, Scott Frost is going to hire a new director of player development um, where mm-hmm. I, he talked about how he wants someone who can relate to all kids, kind of has a relationship with everyone on campus from housing to academics and, and you know, the, the training table staff, all that stuff. And I think it's in hopes to make kids transition to Lincoln better and make them more comfortable. And I think this is all kind of in reference to the larger emphasis of being more mindful of, of who they recruit. And there's been a lot of roster turnover and making sure when these guys get on campus, they're as comfortable as possible. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't, I, well, I know coach Brown and he, I mean, first of all, he's a great guy, but he, I mean, everybody knows coach Brown. He's old school. I mean, he's not, right he's not sugarcoating it. He's not, you know, kissing butt. And, you know, I, and he even Frost said, he goes, he says, Ron Brown's my hero, but he's, he's getting old. Right. right? Like, he's like, TikTok. They want to bring don't in know somebody TikTok. Ain't no Instagram or TikTok in this house. What's here, this you know, Instagram? Like, what, the, what the hell is this? Right. You know, that's Ron's going to be more of that where these guys, you know, they're going to bring in somebody that's younger, uh, that's going to yeah maybe relate a little bit more to the kids nowadays, which I get it. it it's, it, it's a smart move. And I think my guess is Ron Brown was a part of that. Like, Hey, probably time for, for me to do something different. Cause when you're 60, do you want to go hang out with a bunch of 18 right. year old? You're like these guys, TikTokers I mean, and 18 right. year old Instagram. I mean, I'd be, I, I wouldn't want to do that. No. And I, I think like you've seen, I'm trying to pull it up here. Like, because I've seen this girl with Marquette's basketball staff. And, yeah, okay, I'm looking out on them. Like, it, there's there's a girl named Allison Keller on Marquette's, like, like support staff, where she, like, sits behind the bench. And her, she is director of student-athlete af- welfare and external relations for men's basketball. And I one time asked about, like, I truly think, like, her job is just to make sure the players are doing okay. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think that's a little bit of what this this is, is like you want some go between between the staff and the players in that they can, first of all, that individual can put out a lot of fires throughout campus of like, hey, this housing issue, this academic thing or whatever. But then also just someone that can help make sure the guys are doing okay. You know what I mean? So I think you're starting to see more and more of that. And yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like kids these days and getting homesick, like just, you know, you know, get a tissue, get it together and, you know, show up the next day. But like the reality is that I think when you've seen as much turnover and and maybe had enough guys not be like, you know, totally comfortable on campus, you got to do all you can to make sure guys are comfortable, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, I, I think it's clear there that that's the mindset is go find somebody younger, somebody right. that, that they're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of energy just doing that only, you know, where a guy like Ron had, Ron has a, you know, oh, he's, he's got a really, uh, um, he's a, you know, strong willed old school, great guy, great values, but, you know, definitely less probably wanting to chase guys on campus kissing and, butt and, yeah, right, and not right. even kissing butt, but just sort of like, uh, I think he's probably less, uh, right. sensitive. To yeah, I totally, you know? no, I, I mean, yeah, I've met Ron Brown. I love, I mean, I like Ron Brown. I, I just, it's, you know, I, I think when I, when I think about when I close my eyes and envision what all would go into, I think what they want that job to be. I don't think Ron Brown fits that. And that's not a shot at Ron Brown. I just no, think that's just the nature it, of the it's position. Probably closer to like a, not a therapist, but something along those lines, right? Some, some, yes. almost like a counselor. Well, I think Where, it's almost like know, someone some... that almost has no football, like someone that doesn't necessarily has any football background. Like this would be, it'd be fine if this person truthfully doesn't know the, the difference between an A gap and the B gap or a, you know, a, a too high safety or a man. Like, it's almost like it has football has nothing to do with that job. Yeah. We're, we're like the motivation, which is like a Ron Brown, like strength is probably not what they're trying. Like they're not, you're not trying to whip somebody into shape or, right. you know, trying to really like, you know, get the best out of somebody. You're more just trying to like make them, you know, ha have a voice to, you know, a shoulder to lean on when they need, you know, something, it's just a little different than, uh, than what, you know, uh, an old school football coach brings. So let's get to the other, there, there were the, the big, beyond the no staff changes. I thought one of the interesting things too, from the media session was the, the fact that Frost said that he was splitting play calling duties with Matt Lubick towards the end of the season. And I think that, the plan is for that to continue. And I don't know if what kind of deductions you made or how you read into it. Like, did you get the sense that eventually like Lubick would kind of like take over or how do you, cause I also don't even know how do you split play calling duties? Like you're alternating series or something like, I don't even know what that looks like. What'd you make of that? Uh, that was surprising. I didn't know that that was the case. I didn't um, but the fact that that he that shows a lot of one a lot of trust in Lubick, uh, two I think once we got, um, once we got past Illinois, it started to look a little bit better. So I think something was about that. It, it did look better. Where I think, from my understanding, from what Frost said, it's more like Lubick's calling it, and then he takes over when he feels like he's got. You know, it almost lets Frost uh take a break focus on something else and then when he wants to get back into it you know i think frost has a really good mind for and you know for, for for calling plays and lets him jump back in almost yeah i it's weird and I, I feel like i'm a hypocrite saying this but like whenever people threw out the whole idea of like hey do you think frost should give up play calling duties i'd be like no i don't i don't I have something about that i don't like but at the same time i do think I like the idea of him becoming more of a CEO, more involved in everything, not only Monday through Friday, but in particular on Saturday of just like the entire scope of the game. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. And, and I don't know if those things can coexist. Like, can you be the play caller in 2021 and beyond and also be that CEO type where you're overseeing and involved in everything. Cause I always kind of cringe at like, and it's, you know, he's just being honest and it's fine, but like sometimes they'll ask him a question in a post game about like some decision or some, something that happened on defense or special teams. And he'll, he'll say like, I don't know. I was too, I was busy with the offense getting the next set of plays together. Like I didn't see it or I don't know what was, what the plan was there. Like, I'm like, damn, that, I don't, there's something about that that I'm like, shouldn't you be involved in like almost everything? Well, I, he was the offensive coordinator too. I mean, that, that's, that's the give and take when you, you, you know, you're, you're the play caller and those guys, they think that that's the best thing for the team is when they're calling plays. But, yeah, I, I think I, I don't know. There is something to be said where, when your team, when the struggle is those other areas, and you're not giving attention to them, I think people like the idea of well, 
at least now we know there's going to be attention. So we don't know, will the play calling be better? May or may not, but they like the idea that those other areas might get some more focus. Yeah. I just think he's got to find a balance of like, he's too good of a play caller and too good of an offensive mind to not be intimately involved in that aspect of the game plan and even on what's going on on Saturdays but I don't think there's any question that he does need to start expanding his you know his scope a little bit and getting involved in other areas of the game as well now what all that looks like I don't know I just I just I had no idea that Lubick has was was they were splitting play calling dues I had no idea that that was happening I didn't either but that that's good that's good though that, that takes a little bit of pressure off Frost so he can do some other things if he needs to. We'll get you out of here on this. We'll wrap it up with this. And this, I'm sure we'll, I mean, we'll spend the whole offseason kind of talking about this, but this will be kind of our uh, our knee-jerk reaction to to this right now. Did you hear Scott Frost and Bill Moose both said that next year they should be competing for their side of the division. Like, now, I, you know, I've saw, seen some people from the outside looking in that's met with an eye roll, uh, I, what do we think of that? I mean, I, I do you, how, how does that land to you to hear Scott Frost and Bill Moose say, you know what, it's time, 2021, we should be competing for our side of the division? I think that's fair. I mean, are people, do they feel like that's, that's, uh, I think some people think it's delusional. Bar? I think some people think it's delusional. I think there's, and here's the problem is sometimes I think we're, we can't see the forest through the trees. We're like too in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. we, and, and we're also, guilty of like we view Nebraska through a certain prism where it's like well yeah I mean competing for your division what is what I mean that's that should be like a given you know like but I think for some people it's like you know that seems silly right now considering that you're arguably one of the worst teams in in the entire conference you know yeah but I mean I also think Northwestern just won this year and I mean when we were playing Northwestern in the moment before they won the division we thought we should win that game and we gave that game away. Right. Like, yes. So to me, like I, I see that as, yeah, I mean, we got issues, but like the talent gap is not that big. That's, that's the part I'm okay with is Yeah. I think we should be competing. I don't know that we're right now we've shown we're capable of putting together 60 minutes of good football. Yeah. But like Nick Northwestern, like we're more talented probably like they're, probably right now better coached and you know more mentally tough and uh those are issues but i mean they're not bigger stronger and faster than us right i i think so so that's the part like you know we go play ohio state they're bigger stronger and faster than we are period yes uh and they're well coached and they're good like those are all big hurdles (laughs) but uh but northwestern nick we can handle we can handle you know, Northwestern's the bar right now. I mean, Wisconsin's the bar right now. Like, we're not that far off for the West. So I, I, I thought people were rolling their eyes maybe because, you know, shouldn't we be competing for, quote-unquote, Big Ten titles, which I don't think we're there yet. No. Uh, but I think that competing I think, for the West. I think some fair. of it is, is uh, like, some of it from the outside looking in and even – and I think there's some people that think Frost and, and Scott Frost and Bill Moose, they they probably wish they could have back some of their comments when they initially got to Nebraska. You remember, like, Bill Moose had the comment, we got Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh running scared, and, you know, Scott Frost had the whole thing, you better get us now because we're going to be dangerous in 2019, and his whole thing, the Big Ten's going to have to adjust to us. I think there's some people, like, when you make those comments and then you lose – people are going to throw those comments back in your face. And so I think some people are like, man, learn your lesson, just say less and all those things. But I also think sometimes, like, (laughs) what do you want them to say? Like, what do you want when when someone asks Scott Frost? In the moment, that was awesome. When Frost says we want them to adjust to us, which I think I'm I'm, going to go on the limb here. I feel like that was a planted question. Like, that was a pre- right pre-planned one because it was it was good that was a good one right there right it's a good moment right right it's a good moment and that's why it's like you know it was in the moment we were all fired up so we can't you can't be fired up in the moment and go shouldn't have said it man it's like no we loved it and i just don't know what what do you want (laughs) what do you want 
Like it, when someone sits down with Scott Frost and goes, expectations for 2021, what are they? What do you want them to say? Be like, well, shit, man, we just, I mean, we're not very good. Uh, we're just hoping we can, you know, line up correctly and, and uh, you know, and, and, and snap the ball and, and make it look not, like it even resembles a football Not lose by 40 is kind of the goal right now. Just yeah. don't lose by 40. Or, like, right. I mean, that's- what do you want him to say? You know, like yeah. he didn't. He didn't necessarily. He didn't. He didn't go crazy and be like, "We're gonna. We're we're gonna be the best team in the country. We're gonna kill everybody next year." He said, "2021 is we should be competing for our side of the division." Like, well, if I mean, that. But the, well, that's I mean, that's that's a low bar. I was gonna say mind. if that's yeah, if that's inflammatory. Winning. That's competing. Yeah, like we're competing for the side of it. Like that's what's I don't know. So I think some t- again, all this goes back to what we've talked about before. It everything lands different when you're not winning. And so, yeah. but I just, sometimes when people go with well, a, I, I, you know, cause you see people react to it on Twitter and they're like, Oh, what, what man, crazy. Like, well, what do you want them to say? What, what do you, what yeah. do you want Scott Frost and Bill Moose to say when like, seriously, I, I, I sincerely, anybody that takes issue with them saying we should be competing for our side of the division. Well, what answer did you, do you want them to say? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know yeah. what. You know, because you, you certainly don't want to be like, you know, boy, we, we just, you know, we're hoping to, uh, we're, you know, maybe win a game or two. Well, then people would go, oh, my God, what's going on here? Like, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. I don't, like, yeah, we got Urban Meyer and Jim Harbour running scared, all that stuff. Yeah, that's like, come on, dog. Like, chill. You know, I get it. Yeah. Like, there's there's been a handful of comments you do kind of roll your eyes at. But in the, you know, in the in the grand scheme of quotes of of predictions or, or you know, what you want to see for the next year – we want to compete for our side of the division is pretty low on the list of uh you know of, of bold it's pretty standards. unthreatening in my uh, in my world at right. least so right uh so i don't think it's i don't think it's that bad but yeah i would say was there anything else with what he said that that stood out to you those are the big ones to me just the you know staff staying attack special teams situation uh play calling and then kind of expectations for next year was there anything any other juicy frost quote that stood out to you or were those the juiciest I think those were the juiciest. So we got the juices flowing, huh? We've the juices are all mm-hmm. flowed out right now. I like it. Oh my god, I can't believe. Are we? I for some reason thought this was going to be maybe kind of a quiet like month for for Nebraska football. Like this has kind of been been a lot. Is it ever going to slow down? Is it going to is it going to slow down ever? I mean, this it's been arguably really a, a dramatic month. I mean, the, it's amazing. And then you know the 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 real signing day is tomorrow as well or uh next week as well yeah. which you know we have a chance to get the the kid from omaha yeah dickerson um yeah which i'm not sure you know i, I don't have a good feel on that i don't I know mean, have you heard anything on him i haven't heard I, anything on that i think it's, that he yeah well, he still might not come here the, the fact that he decommitted from minnesota to me i'm just i don't know if he's not gonna go to nebraska i'm just curious where else he goes i don't know i mean i I don't, but I, I don't, I don't, I'm not keeping tabs on Avante Dickerson and all the suitors and all that stuff, but I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what that looks like. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's maybe like, uh, maybe February would be like a quiet month, but right. Um, yeah. But then I think also spring ball got pushed back. back to yeah. May, maybe May, May 1st, I think is the spring game. So yeah, we're gonna have to, uh, we'll, we'll have to be, be, be ready for that. Um, man, we'll, we'll I, have, We'll, win, we'll have won the offseason by then. Oh. By that point, everybody will turn around and we'll have, we'll have uh, you know, starting lineups predicted and You know what I can't wait totals. for? <laughs> I cannot wait to do a spring game reaction pod with you and just chug Kool-Aid. Just Nick, chug. we are – we're problems. I mean, I think me and you went through the preseason – uh, schedule and I think I was like eleven and two. I mean, it was some number. It's like, what am I? Always. Oh, Kool Aid tastes good. Nothing better than post spring game Kool Aid. I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be good. I cannot. I cannot wait. All right, uh, Bo Robert Rude. Appreciate your time, your insight. Uh, you're not a donkey on this podcast. You may have been a donkey in New England during special teams. You're not a donkey on this podcast. Okay. I got called a donkey once. In my, I was actually in Tampa Bay. The guy called me a donkey. Oh. He says you're, maybe he says you're a donkey just like your brother is what he actually told okay. me. Okay, so. so maybe that was a little like lighthearted, like Jack kid because but, he loves kind of a thing. But, but Barrett was considered a donkey on special teams as well. So that's what I'm saying. You can be a good every down player and you can still be a donkey. We need to. We need less donkeys. By the way, speaking of Tampa, 
Is it officially move over Barrett Root as the greatest Buccaneer of all time? Tom Brady has supplanted him as the greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneer of all time. Is it over for Barrett? That dude is defying age. Unbelievable. (laughs) It's 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 unfreaking real. Forty three years old, and the dude is going back to the Super Bowl. It's just like it's it. We've I think we've become so numb to it, we just don't even realize how how unbelievable this is, man. You know, but Nick, every year within by the sixth game of the year, you know, Max and Stephen A <laughs> for 10 straight years have said he's done. Off. They've said he's done for 10. It's been 10 years. Like, do they just, I mean, do they just roll the same clips or are they actually doing new take? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's every football season in some form or fashion is that the season starts. Week five or six, it's done. It, Brady's washed up. It's over for him. He's 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 no longer good. And then Brady goes to the Super Bowl. And then he's at the Super Bowl. Like that <laughs> that is hard for me to understand how that keeps happening. I know, and people don't see the pattern. Like I don't know, I, I don't get it. I I, I do not amazing, get it. Though. And Patrick like Mahomes, though, is so good. It's it's in, it's scary. Oh man, those two guys. That's gonna be this is gonna be a hell of a Super Bowl, dude. I mean. I am I am pumped for it, but it's just you know he makes me want to TB12 it a little bit because like he looks like you look at a picture of him from like 15 years ago and then look at him now like his like his skin looks better he's like better looking like he look everything he looks better today than he did 15 years ago. Yeah, whatever he's eating, whatever he's drinking, give me some of that because gosh, my skin's like. Give me some sunlight. It helps to go please. do yoga with Giselle in Costa Rica, though. I think doing yoga with Giselle in Costa Rica is the real secret to all this, you know? All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. Donkey, I appreciate your time, pal. All right, buddy. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.